Hello and welcome to the Friday the 10th of January edition of the Wee Ginger Duckers with me, Paul Kavanagh. And today we are graced with the presence of Callum Baird, who's come back to join us. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else around. That's uh, it, yeah. That's <laughs> it. It's just nobody was here. It's like, yeah, no one Callum. else was in the office. Uh, uh, and yeah, I... I Put everything else on hold um, uh, to be here with you because you just oh. miss being interrupted. No, I, do you know what I have? I really actually, I really have missed it. So I've, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm being genuine here because it just uh, it, it's a really kind of fun thing to do to just have a chat about politics and all. But I've just been unbelievably busy on Fridays um, with um, obviously I've taken, I'm, I'm now the editor of the Glasgow Times as well as the National, um, which which is basically just doing two jobs basically and mm-hmm. this is trying to do two, two two jobs in the same number of hours every week. So it's it's proven quite difficult, but anyway, um, I'm I'm still on top of politics, and I'm still uh, and I'm glad to be here. See, so what's interrupt. been happening this week? I didn't even interrupt you there. Oh, I know. <laughs> You've changed. Paul. I know. I know. Just what's happened to you? What's happened to you? <laughs> what's happened this week? Oh God, the usual crap. Oh, do you know what's happened? We're entering this podcast into the Scottish Press Awards. Oh yeah, yeah, we are, so that we can be snubbed. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, you know what? I probably shouldn't say this, but the. the our front page last year, our headline in your front page. I don't want to sound like you know moaning about not winning something, but oh, th- that, on, that was front page went, went viral, right? And everybody in the room that night thought, "Wow, that's that's the winner." You know, you better tell got, them what the pod, what the page was. They got beaten by a, a Daily Mail picture of a snowy day. Oh, it was the page about. Theresa May. Yeah, headline yes. here. We left yes. it blank. Set the agenda. Everyone was talking. It was about even it. on Sky News. I know. It's getting news. Tell you what, we were on. Uh, we were on. Uh, this is a nice link into what we're going to talk about. Actually. We were on uh, Politics Live yesterday as well. Our piece by Clive Lewis. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Andrew Neil um, had a copy of the National. My God. I know. Did it? Did it? Spontaneously burst into flames <laughs> in his hand. Twenty years, hair caught on fire. Um, no, nah, that's that's not good. That's Done. never going to catch on fire. <laughs> they make very good artificial fibres these days, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, allegedly, very allegedly. Um, so, so Clive, I mean, the, the sort of Labour debate has been rumbling all week, hasn't it? It's been yes, yeah. It was quite a coup actually to get Clyde Lewis to write mm. for the National because usually, you know. British nationalist politicians and anti-independence politicians don't want to touch the, the, the national with a ten-foot pole. Mm. So it was very, it was a coup to get him to write, and what he was saying was quite interesting. That you know, if he becomes Labour leader, which I think, to be honest, is unlikely, mm. but if he becomes Labour leader, he would want to see an independent Scottish Labour Party, and is kind of quite okay with the idea of that party deciding for itself whether or not. It wants to support independence, which is something of a sea change, really, in the top level of the Labour Party. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and it was interesting that he, he came to us as well and, and exactly. wanted, that, wanted it to be in our paper. I mean, he could not have picked a a, a more a, a better way to to annoy the likes of well, exactly. the centrist right. Scottish Labour types. You know, you, have, you know the ones that kind of eat money and guys the, like that. The, the Jackie Bailey's of this world, uh, Aye. yeah, who hate the national Aye. with an absolute passion. So the idea I of writing why. for that. One one Scottish Labour MSP who shall remain nameless. Um, I we tried to get him to to write something for us, and then and sent back, and, and then. Uh, couldn't, a reporter couldn't get anywhere, so I just so and I tried. Right, I said, "Look, why, why don't you?" Come? And then um, got a message back saying, "I'll never write for the paper that is trying to destroy the party I love." 
<laughs> so like the Daily Mail then well exactly right. don't know but that's the thing they're is happy it, to talk yeah. to the mail Keisha Dugdale was it not uh, Keisha Dugdale wrote for the Daily Mail we're not going to go through names but it was yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. anyway it, it was interesting so, piece. Aye, aye, it was indeed. Yeah. But now the Labour Party are having a in Scotland are having a meeting this week, I believe. Yeah, uh, to decide whether or not they're going to. Well, there's various things on the agenda, including becoming a totally separate party, about possibly supporting another independence referendum. Um, though they say that they would like to have the option of federalism. The federalism fairy is back again uh-huh. uh, on the ballot paper. And to be honest, I'm not really sure how that would work. You know, I mean, I can see it like, fine, a multi option referendum is fine, right? But the whole point about federalism is that uh, we need to get the rest of the UK to agree to that. Yeah, aye. Yeah. It, it can just... It shouldn't... Or it, federalism shouldn't just be a, a Scotland-England thing or exactly. a Scotland-rest of the UK thing. It should. I mean, that, what, what that would be is, is Devil Max. No. But it's all very well Scotland... Real Devil Max. It's all very well Scotland having a referendum and saying, right, OK, we're going to have, you know, aye. federalism, some form of UK federalism on, on the ballot paper. Yeah. And then the rest, so we hypothetically say we vote for that, and then the rest of the UK says no. Yeah, and I suppose you can have something on the ballot paper which is basically everything's devolved except for you know. Well, that always was absolutely kind of top headline stuff, whether it's foreign affairs and uh, or whatever, but everything else. That that always was the understanding of Devo Max. Mm. It was everything would be devolved to Scotland with the exception of defence and foreign affairs. But that that term has been cheapened over the years by all the the, the politicians who've said, oh, this is Devo Max, this is uh, is, is near near federalism or whatever it was that that, that I think probably Gordon Brown said. We're supposed to be federal within three years. Yeah. Of the of yeah. 2014. Uh, the closest thing to a f- is, is exactly what was something like the closest thing to a federal state as can be possible in a, a in a union in which there's a, a, a one really big department. Really. Um, and now we're getting another another form of another. another form. They always drag this out though. Whenever they're afraid that Scotland's going to vote for independence, they always drag out this federalism mm. thing. And it's a total non-starter because there is absolutely zero appetite for it. In England, which is the biggest partner. So you know? what, I'm interested in what should our attitude be to, to Scottish Labour and Scottish Labour types? Because it's all very well laughing at them and, and, and you know the, the predicament and the chaos that they find themselves in the infighting. I mean, there's no doubt there's going to be civil war over this. But ultimately, if we want independence... We need their support. We probably do, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, 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 and, or, or maybe we don't need it, but we don't need the support. We definitely need the support of Labour voters. The support of of, of the Labour Party would be hugely would, valuable. It would I mean, be it would, in, would, you know, it would be worth a significant, uh, a significant percentage of, of of the votes in Scotland. So, so in some ways, we should be encouraging about it. I think. Oh, I think so too. I mean, I've, I've always said that the way that the Scottish Labour Party can be can revive as in an independent Scotland because the whole you know question about independence will have been put to bed in an independent Scotland and Labour in Scotland can concentrate on being a Labour party you know and then I think it it would have a really good chance of reviving as a party perhaps not to the dominance that it enjoyed in the 1980s but certainly it would be a major player with a purpose 
in an independent Scotland in a way that I don't think it can at the moment because it's totally stymied by the independence debate, you know. And I think Labour in Scotland needs, you know, they've always been proud to call themselves the party of devolution. And, well, I think they need to put their money where their mouth is, you know. And instead of telling Scotland, oh, well, you know, you have to submit to continual Tory governments in the hope that we can get a Labour government in Westminster once every, you know, once every ten years for five years and then a Tory government comes along and undoes everything that that Labour government does. I mean, how does that serve us? How does that help us? Mm. You know? So I think they need to... I think the Labour Party needs to have a long, hard think about why it is so enthralled with this idea of the United Kingdom. Here's an interesting question. Should independent supporters who maybe aren't uh, especially thrilled with some of the stuff that the SNP are doing, should they join the, the Labour Party? Because change it? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I read Rob McAlpine's uh, weekly kind of column this week, and, you know, I don't always agree with, with everything he says, uh, but it's, it's usually it's an interesting read. Um, and this week they said one of the best things that, that SNP members could do uh, was for 5,000 of them to quit the party and join the Labour Party. <laughs> uh, and, and basically, like, you know, take, take it over and, 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 you know, turn that party into, into a yes upon party. That's an interesting idea. I mean, it's never going to happen. But no, it's never going to happen. It's a very interesting idea. <laughs> I, think, I think Jackie Bailey would have a fit. <laughs> really? Yeah, Entryists. Yeah, but there's there's plenty of people with with labour with of course. what you would call labour values of course. who support independence. So it's not it's not like they're trying to turn the Labour Party no. into a communist and, and party. And already like forty percent, according to most opinion polls, I support it anyway. Forty yeah. percent of Labour Party voters support independence anyway. Or yeah. and I would say that a large chunk of the remainder, uh, with the possible exception of tactical Labour voters in in, in Morningside, don't have this deep emotional and totally irrational attachment to the United Kingdom that certain leading figures mm. in the Labour Party in Scotland do. So they definitely I think what we're facing with it what we're seeing with the Labour Party in Scotland is a sort of an existential crisis here. Yeah. This party has promised ever since two thousand and nine was it two thousand eight, two thousand seven, sorry, that it was going to, you know, take a long hard look at itself. And reconnect and re-engage with the voters in Scotland, and every single time, you know, for thirteen years now, the answer has come back: we need to do the same as we were doing before, only do it more loudly. And it's not working. You yeah, know? yeah. Ian Murray's strategy that oh well, we need to be a more resolutely, you know, unionist party. That's not going to work. Mm. It might work in the special circumstances of Edinburgh South, where he benefits from the tactical votes of people who would otherwise vote Tory or Lib Dem in order to keep the SNP out, but it's not going to work across the west of Scotland. It's not going to work in those working-class communities that Labour used to dominate in and needs to get back if it's to achieve a position of political relevance in Scotland. The only way that Labour Party can do that is by not having this frankly irrational attachment to the United Kingdom and realise that internationalism comes 
in more than one form that it's not you know it's what I've always said it's like they talk about solidarity the Labour Party and we need to have solidarity with working class people in England well fine well what about, working, what about solidarity with working class people in, in Limerick mm. or working class people in, in, in Barcelona or working class people in you know in Denmark you know internationalism comes in more than one form and when your solidarity means that the people of Scotland in effect act as the 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 inflatable crash bag, you know, and the, and the car crash of English politics. That's not solidarity. That's a suicide pact, you know. Mm. So, and the, the the alternative view to to Clive Lewis came from Jess Phillips, I think, didn't it? From yeah. Rose, when she was yeah. saying, um, uh, she, she kind of said like, "Oh, voters up there and, and things like that." Just you know, it's, talk about it's kind of language where the you know you're clearly not. <laughs> You, really? don't, you don't get the debate up there, Jess. Yeah, up there. She also said that she loved cl- children in Glasgow as much as her own kids, uh-huh. and I'm sure her own kids went, "Well, thanks, mum." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live here, and I don't love children in Glasgow as much. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so she's. A bit, so as, as far as we can tell, I think we've asked. We, we, we've gone to all of the teams, um, the the kind of leadership teams, and those two. Are the only ones who have positions, I think, or have, have stated positions, yeah. well, which is, and they're both uh, they're both very very different, uh, and they both probably don't get Scotland, but in, in different ways. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, Clive Lewis has won. I mean, unfortunately, he's, he's got no chance of winning, does he? Um, but it's, it's sort of the the sensible take. Well, I, I have heard um, that out of any of the Labour front benchers that, that Clive Lewis was the one that was always most willing mm. to cooperate with SNP MPs in the House of Commons mm. so I don't know whether or not that's got anything to do with that so yeah. maybe he's heard good things about the National from his contacts in the SNP front benches <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe they have yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything but maybe yeah, maybe they've been pointed, pointed that way um, but Commons is back, Westminster's back. Yeah, we had First Minister's, uh, First Minister's, uh, Prime Minister's question time. We mm. had Boris Johnson from off knowing for a half hour. It's been restricted to a half hour now. Back from his holiday. Uh, yeah, and telling us that the UK is the most successful union in the history of the world. Yeah. So, what do you think of that? Do you think it's successful? Is it successful from where you're sitting? Well, it depends on what. It depends on how you define success. It's been pretty successful oh, for him, mean, isn't it? Or, or uh, unsuccessful for who? For him? You know? yeah, but, um, yeah. It just—it's one of these phrases that seems to be trotted out quite a lot. Yeah. It's the most successful union, oh, and it's, it's just an assertion. You can't prove it. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm exactly. sure that the, the good people of Switzerland would would yeah. maybe quibble, or the people of the United Provinces of the Netherlands might wonder. Oh, just a minute, you know, our union's a lot more successful than yours because yeah. we don't have the regional disparity mm-hmm. that you have in the United Kingdom, and no single member of our union. I mean, I don't. I'm not aware that any single canton in the Swiss. Confederation is able to dominate the other cantons the way that, that England dominates within the United Kingdom. Yeah. And certainly they don't have this massive disparity in you know wealth and income and GDP between the, the centre and the, the provinces in inverted commas. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So I don't think the United Kingdom has been that successful at all. There's lots of ways in which it's been spectacularly unsuccessful. Um, we have the We've got more food banks than branches of McDonald's. Yeah, That's a shocking know, statistic. Yeah, yeah. Shocking statistic. More, more, more than double in Glasgow. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. shocking. Mm. I remember 
first time I went to the United States, right, this was in 1981, and that was the first time I had ever encountered the concept of a food bank, because they had food banks there for people that had no money. And I was appalled mm. that in a modern developed country, people had to rely on effectively charity yeah. in order to feed themselves. And I never for a second thought that we would have them here. Never for a second imagined that we would have them here. And now they're a fixture, you know? And that's entirely down to conservative policies. That's that's what this union, this successful union, has given us. This successful union, I looked into the figures, um, it's been in existence for 313 years. And in that period of time, I think there's a period of about 70 years, uh, 313, that the United Kingdom... In fact, I think it would be less than that. That the United Kingdom has not been involved in some war <laughs> or military action. Yeah. So if it's a union that's about bringing peace, it's been really bad at it, you know. And then you can look at population figures as a kind of a proxy for, you know, how, how well a country is able to hold on to its population. And if you compare Scotland with other Northern European countries, you know, where they've all got a similar fertility rate, you know, the Scandinavian countries, Denmark, uh, sorry, the Netherlands, uh, not the Netherlands, Norway, had a population of 420,000 in 1700. Scotland at the time had a population of 1 million. It was The population of Scotland was one-fifth of the population of England and Wales combined. Yeah. It's now less than a tenth. It's mm. about an 11th of the population. Well, even if you look at Glasgow alone, Glasgow, Glasgow yeah. had, uh, even at the turn of the century, had the 1 million. Yes, used to have over um, 1 million people, Glasgow. Yeah. People living in it. It was, it was one of the, the, I think it was the four biggest cities, along with yeah. London, Paris and but Berlin. If Scotland's population growth had kept pace with the population growth in Scandinavia, mm-hmm. we would have over 10 million people in Scotland. But we haven't, we, because we're not able to hold on to our population, because the role of Scotland in this most successful union in the history of unions is to act as a reservoir of labour and resources to be consumed by the economy of London and the southeast of England. So Scotland produces people, it pays to educate them, and then they go off to London and work down there and benefit the London economy. And that's exactly what I did in the 1980s. Yeah. You know, I went down to London... Scotland paid to educate me, but it was London that got the benefit of that in terms of the economy and not Scotland. And that happens time after time after time after time in Scotland. And we're continually told that feeding our children to London mm-hmm. is a union benefit. Yeah. Well, well speaking of, of, of people who um, have been, you know, trained and then are now leaving uh, mm. to do something else. That's a good link there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, I thought Shona's article today was very funny. He says that, that Meghan and Harry have declared UDI. Yeah, um, I read that. I liked that article. From, from the one. royal family. Yeah. Um, That's Shona Craven's article in the, the yeah. National Today. You and I made, both made the same joke, which was, well, oh, come and say they're going to use... I know. Great uh, minds think alike. The dollar, yeah. the dollar probably. The Canadian, I imagine. I, yeah. I was coming in on the and and I'm always listening to Radio Four News when I'm coming in, mm-hmm. and uh, they were saying today uh, that, that what we're going to talk about is, is uh, Meghan and Harry and why why we all care so much about it, and I thought no. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't care. As actually, I've come up with a new word because as I was trying to describe the, the, the emotion that the royal family provoking most Scottish people, yeah. and it's a very peculiar and uh, 
combination of complete and utter boredom and anger. So I think it's banger. That's what it is. <laughs> it provokes banger in us. It's like simultaneously bored and angry. So the, the, the Daily Mail had, I think, seventeen pages. Oh God! On uh, on the you know the Great Royal Split or whatever they were calling it. You know. So they, so it's amazing how angry the Queen is. Uh, seemingly, according to all reports, at Meghan and Harry, and yet, yeah, exactly. Prince Andrew's obviously behaved in that manner, which is yeah, but he doesn't sweat, unbecoming. Uh, but but you know the, the, the double standards there are, are are really incredible, and the, I mean, what do you what do you make of Meghan and Harry? I, I, I honestly don't care. I don't either. I just no. I really don't care. Yeah. I, I find it hard to put into words how little I care. Yeah. And even by saying that I don't care, it gives the false impression that I care more than I do. Mm. You know, mm. but it totally dominates. I mean, my husband, who's over, right, who's now living in Scotland, mm. and for the first time is actually consuming the UK media as a resident of the UK, as opposed to somebody who's visiting. Yeah. And he can't believe it. He's like, he's like, this is like North Korea. You know, this this sycophantic drivel that that's. Pumped yeah. out about the royal family and all this, like oh, one one anonymous member of the palace staff said, "How dare they?" <laughs> <laughs> just like, who are these people? Like, who are they, and who, and who are the people who, who care about? It? But then, then do you know, as I've, as I've said before on this podcast, like, I, I get them, I get my information about how people are in the rest of the UK from Gogglebox, and there's, yeah. no, there's no doubt that, that um, yeah, the yeah. people in Gogglebox will be absolutely riveted by this. So, so, <laughs> so maybe, maybe we're just not reflective of but Scotland of is weird, the though, in, in Scotland. I mean, there was I saw an interesting graph, on, uh, an interesting graph, a map on social media, and they'd actually plotted, like, Republican versus monarchist sentiment. Oh, yeah. And it was, like, half the most Republican places in the United Kingdom were in Scotland, yeah, and none of the, none of the most monarchist places are in Scotland at all. And you could see, I mean, like when there was um, the royal wedding before the last one, you know, when um, Will and Kate yeah. got married, and we were, you know, being actively encouraged to have street parties, yeah, and there was one in Scotland. Where was that? St Andrews. <laughs> but twenty People went to the park and killed from Grove. Exactly. Though, but that, that was a, a that was a screw the royal yeah. wedding party. That was <laughs> it. Yeah. Wasn't a, that it was wasn't a Union Jack Bunting and no, uh, Colin well Kate masks. It wasn't, wasn't exactly it? the same thing. No, I was just sitting down in the park with a bottle of. And Scottish people are just totally like, oh, we don't care. We just don't care. Yeah. And we do have a very different attitude towards the monarchy in Scotland, and that's interesting. Mm. And I think partly it's to do with. The sectarian thing, yeah. I think, because the monarchy is associated with sectarianism, yeah, and they have never actually, they've never actively condemned it. You know, they've never actually actively condemned the way that their image is used in sectarianism, and then they go on and they tell us about how much they want to be a unifying factor. It's like, well, maybe you should sort of look at that a wee yeah. bit and do something about it. We've got it. a really, really good piece in the Sunday National about sectarianism by the, the yeah. Richard, talking to Richard about that, so everybody needs to pick up the copy for that. Um, uh, and, and, oh, what else will be in the Sunday National will be loads of pictures from tomorrow's... Of very wet people. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what, right? I think, I think people are overreacting to this. 
you know the it's for Scottish it rains Scottish it rains it was supposed to it was supposed to rain today it's not if see if it says 90% chance of rain that doesn't mean it's going to be an absolute torrential thunderstorm no. that just means that it'll, it'll drizzle it's a bit probably and the sun will come said, out and it'll go back there's, in there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clays I know so I, I'm a wee bit I'm a wee bit I'm a wee bit worried about the size of it and whether it comes across as a bit of a dam so, so I think if anybody's listening I think get down there I'm let's going. make it as big as I'll possible be yeah I'll be there as well um, but I, I you know I, I don't think um, I think they've maybe overreacted I mean Glasgow Green if it rains right it's just going to be a quad be a nightmare right. Right? Yeah, that's fair enough but we can, there must have been something else you could have done and there seems to be some sort of maybe kind of press conference going on at West Brewery or something like that so I'm not sure who's going to be there but, but we'll be certainly covering it in the paper um, but I think it's important that we get as many it people out of the streets as possible. And I will definitely be there. I'll be there with my downstairs yeah. neighbours, my husband, yeah. and um, some friends are coming up for Girvin. They're staying with us. Ginger? Ginger, of course, Ginger's got to be there. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake. He'll be wearing his raincoat as well, probably. Aye. But I, of course, Ginger will be there. To be honest, though, I think this might be the last big march I take him on. Really? Yeah, he's getting on a bit. Has he? Yeah, he's, he's definitely beginning to develop some arthritis, I think. Because mm, he's getting to be old, you know, he's 13 now. Wow. So, but he's very healthy, but, you know, obviously you have to take him, you have to bear these things in mind. Oh. So I'm sure he'll be, he'll be fine tomorrow and he'll, be, and he'll love it because, you know, centre of attention and I all know. that. And that's yeah. where that dog lives for. So I'm going with them and I'm also going with my Uncle Shug. Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Shug will yeah. be there and my Auntie Jean and... My Uncle Johnny. And we've got a road show next week as well. Yes, we have on Thursday in Carlton Church in Parkhead in Glasgow. Brilliant. Uh, it's at seven o'clock on Thursday evening. I'll be there with Richard Walker. Fantastic. And um, Anne McLaughlin as well. We'll be speaking oh, to. Good. So it looks like it would be quite a good evening. And I'm really pleased that we're doing an event in the East End of Glasgow. Not just because it's just down the road for where I yeah. live, but it also means I don't have a long drive. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's funny, we've done loads like all over the country. Oh, yeah. Not as many I in love them, but and then you finish it yeah. and you're knackered, and you've got, shit, I've got to drive yeah. like two hours home. Drive from, back from Peterhead. Yeah. Whatever. Aye, exactly. Aye. Okay, well, look, great to be back in the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. I'll interrupt you in the future. Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody, uh, see you tomorrow on the march. See you tomorrow. Bye.